fourth week now, talking about the mysteries and the patterns of the kingdom of God. And we've said that God does everything he does in a mysterious way. And he hides truths and he hides principles and he hides patterns in scriptures that we as believers is not covered for us. It's actually covered for us, for us to discover those secrets and those mysteries to benefit our lives. And so we've talked about some mysteries and patterns. We've talked about Thanksgiving. Last week we talked about the mystery and pattern of faith. And we said very, very clearly last week that promotion, last week we talked about the mystery and patterns of promotion. And we talked about the fact that it is only God that can promote a man. And when I'm talking of promotion, I'm talking of harvest. When you sow a seed, which is what I'm going to be focused on today. When you sow a seed, when you get a harvest, that is promotion. When you do good and good comes back to you, that is promotion. When you sow a seed in finances, in love, it's not only money. You can sow grace into somebody's life and grace comes back multiplied unto you. You can sow a lot of things. So last week we talked about the fact that God wants to reward those who diligently seek him. The key word was diligent. But for you to diligently serve God, you have to know the God you are serving. Because you won't be diligent in serving him, in staying true to him if you don't know him. And so we talked about the fact that we must know God and that we must have faith because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Everything we do is by faith. And I showed you all about six scriptures that says that the just must live by faith. The just must live by, by his or her faith. And then we talked about two kinds of faith. We always know and we've always believed and most of us know about the, the conquering faith. You, you pray and you get the answer right away and you give your testimony and yay, everybody's excited. But there's also another side of faith that is enduring faith. The faith that endures. The faith that holds on even when you don't see the answer right away. And Hebrews chapter 11 gives us multiple people like that. Who some didn't even see the, report, the result. They didn't even see what they were waiting for, asking God for. But the Bible clearly says that their testimony is what pleased God. The fact that they still maintained their faith and endured even in situations that didn't seem good. Amen? And so today we are going to look at promotion. And I'm going to focus on harvest. That comes from understanding the mysteries and patterns of a seed. In getting ready for this, for this message, I was just amazed that God will use the most seemingly insignificant things to teach us the greatest lessons in life. A seed, everything in life starts with a seed. Everything starts with a seed. So today we are going to go to the school of the seed. I call it the school of the seed. The seed is going to teach us a lot of things today, man. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Whatever you sow, 
That is a scripture that is written by God and it must come to pass. If you sow good, you will reap good. If you sow love, you will reap love. And I want to encourage some people today that you seem like you've just sown and sown and sown and it looks like you are not getting the thing you, you put in the ground. You will see some lessons we are going to learn about the seed today that will give you so much encouragement because Jesus as a seed, he was a seed. You will see the journey of Jesus and what he went through so that you can also understand the journey that your seed is going through. Because it's very important we understand this thing so we don't give up. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 says, As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. New King James says there will be seed time and harvest. They put that word together, seed time. But if you separate it, is there will be seed, comma, time and then harvest. That time period is where we all have the problem. When you sow, and there's a time that you're going to have to go through before you get to your harvest. That time is what I'm going to be focusing on today. The things that can happen during that time span. Amen? He says, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. So God is telling us, as long as this earth is still here, just when you have winter and you have summer and you have cold and you have heat, is as long as you have those, uh, he's almost telling you, I'm guaranteeing you that when you sow, you will also reap. Amen? That's what he's trying to tell that he's it's almost like bank on it. When you sow, you will all, always reap. And then in John chapter 12 verse 24, it says, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So we're going to talk a little bit about the the, the power of being able to lay things down. That is what he's referring to here. That the seed God will give you in whatever area, in whatever form, God requires something from that seed. From your hand. Amen? So what are the principles of a seed? Everything starts with a seed. Everything in life comes by a seed. The grass, the birds, the animals, the flowers, even you and I. We were a seed sometime in the loins of our parents. And it's that seed, when it was planted, that became us. God so respects this law that even he himself operated by that principle. Jesus is referred as the seed of Abraham. He's called the seed of the woman. He's called the seed of David. So even Jesus himself had to be given as a seed for us too, to become the children of God. So in life, everything starts with a seed. Satan does the same thing too. Everything that he does also starts with a seed. And sometimes it's just a seed of a negative thought that he plants in your head. And that seed grows and grows and grows. And before you know it, you are are all tangled up from just a little seed that he planted in your mind. 
And then number two, another principle of the seed is that God will always give you a seed. God will always give, God will never leave you without a seed. But when he gives you that seed, he's going to watch what you're going to do with it. And in a lot of us, we want promotion, we want increase, we want harvest. God gives us a seed and then we eat our seed. And then we wonder why we've not received the harvest or the promotion that we are looking for. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. So God expects us, everybody in this, everyone looking at me right here, you are a farmer. In the spirit, you are a farmer. You are supposed to be sowing. You sow love. You sow friendship. You sow grace. You sow acceptance. You sow everything that is good. That's what you're supposed to do. And God says he will always supply you with the seed. That's how God rules and that's how he reigns. But then we have to remember, when you plant that seed, what is it that you are looking for? When you are planting a seed, are you intentional? In planting a seed, when you're giving, for example, your offering, every time you let go of your offering, are you telling God, I'm sowing a seed? And then you have to continuously monitor that seed. Most of us, we just sow, and we don't even expect a harvest. We just sow the seed, and we go our way, and that's when the enemy can come and dig up our seed. So that's very important. Now, the other principle is this. The seed must be sacrificed. Every seed that God gives us, we must put it back in the ground. We must sacrifice it. And then you start to look at the the stories in the Bible. And you look at Abraham. God told him, he said, you're going to be the father of many nations. He says, you're going to be the father. I said, look up in the sky if you can count the stars. He says, look, go to the seashore, the sand in the sea. He says, "Your, your, your descendants will be that many. But what did he have that he wanted him to give up? He wanted him to give up his son, Isaac, the the seed that he gave him. And God will always ask you, ask me, ask all of us for something that is very, very important to us. If you're sowing a seed and you're not crying, mm -mm. God will demand something that will be very hard. When he went to Abraham, he said, I want you to sow the seed, so the one whom you love, he pointed it. And you see, the funniest thing is God will not tell us to do what he's not willing to do. The same thing he did. He gave Jesus, his only son, the one who he loved also, he gave him as a seed to get us back to him. Amen? So that seed must be sacrificed. Now, I want to read a scripture for you about Jesus so you can see how he himself was a sacrifice. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. He says, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, And coming into the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death on the cross. So Jesus himself gave his life 
for us. Now I'm going to talk about a power that is very difficult for all of us. It's called the power to lay down. When God opened my eyes to this, I was like, isn't that the truth? Let's read the scripture here in uh, John chapter 10, verse 17 to 18. Jesus speaking says, therefore, my father loves me because I lay my life down, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. That means when you, are, when you have that power to lay down, it is of your own volition, of your own will. He says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. Now, most of the time when we sing the song, I surrender, I surrender all. <laughs> Do we really think of what we are singing? We are singing that songs. Because the power to lay down is the secret to every harvest you will get. The power to lay down is the secret to every promotion you will get. The power to lay down is the secret to every lifting and every increase any Christian will ever get. It's called the power to lay down. It is the most tremendous power in the spirit that a Christian can develop. To lay something down when God tells you to lay it down and to lay it down completely the way God wants you to do it. I'm going to give us an example. Let's say God tells you now you are very ambitious. You want to have, you know, have this profession, but I want you to lay all of that down and become a minister of the gospel. Or God will tell you, and he's done that, he'll say, listen, I want to bless you so much, but I want you to clear out your account, clean everything out, and send it to some orphanage or whatever across the world. How many of us, if God is asking us to lay something down, can really lay it down and turn our back, our, our back to that thing that he asked us to? That is the secret. Because what we do, and I do it too, I'm not excusing myself, is that we don't do all of it. We do part of it. Sometimes we even rebuke Satan, thinking it's Satan that's asking us to do the thing that God is telling us to do. And so we do it partially, and we don't get the full re- result because we've not done, we've not that power to lay down. We didn't have it. So that is the tremendous power. That is the secret to lay down your right, to lay down your, your opinion, to lay down your, your, your preference. Somebody just dogs you out and you lay your, your pride and your ego down. Husbands and wives. Your wife or your husband just does that and you know what to say back. You know what to give back to that person. But you develop that power you just keep quiet. That is the most difficult thing a Christian has to learn to do. To have the power to lay down. Jesus said, I have that power. It's my power. It was my choice. It was my will to lay it down and to take it up again. So God is expecting us because God is going to be asking a lot of things of you. Young people, God is going to be asking a lot of things from you. Do you have the power to lay those things down? If you don't develop that power, it will be very hard to to, to live a life of faith. Because as I said, it's seed time, and harvest. And if you've not developed that strength in the spirit, when you sow a seed, 
before your harvest comes, that time period, there will be so many things that will be going on that you'll be tempted to either go and uproot that seed again or you just walk away and let the weeds overtake, which I'll come to later, about the weeds and the seed. Amen? So the power to lay down is a tremendous power in the spirit that every believer should have. The power to keep silent when you should be speaking, when you feel like you should speak. The power to just say, you know what, whatever they want to do is okay. I'm going to follow the the path of the Lord. The power to not fight back, to just calm down, is a tremendous power in the spirit. And I pray that everybody here from young to old, that will begin to, uh, to, to develop that power on the inside of us. Amen? Now we're going to talk about Gaining things by losing. In the, in the world, let me read the scripture first. It says in, 12, in John 12, 24, it says, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and it dies, it remains alone. But by its death, it will produce many new kernels. So that's a, another big law of the seed. If you want more, that particular one you have, you have to let it die. That's the secret. Whatever God gives you, if you want more of it, you have to sacrifice the little seed he has given you. So in the kingdom of God, you don't gain by holding on to something. The Bible says, he who scatters, we gather more. But he who holds on too much, it leads to poverty. So are you willing to, to scatter? scatter? All the love you have, just give it, up. Give it away. Be graceful. Give, give grace. Like we were in the women's meeting yesterday on our party. Shelley talked about when, when somebody cuts across you in the, in, the, in, the, in the traffic. Let them go. Simple things like that. Let it go. You gain by... That's how we gain in life. You don't gain by, by the one that's, that's angry all the time, that's always looking for something to fight about. Just calm down. Let people take advantage of you. That's the way in, the, in, the, in, this, in this kingdom, that's the way we grow, amen? So I'm going to ask some of you today to think. Think in your spiritual walk, what has God asked you to lay down? In your marital life, your husbands and wives, what has God asked you to lay down? In your, in your job, in your career, what has God asked you to lay down? In your relationships, what is God asking you to lay down? Now we're going to look at Jesus as a seed and look at what he went through from seed to harvest so that you can understand that even us, when we plant a seed, there are some things that will happen. And we're going to talk about a story. I believe I have time. Yes, I do. Jesus, he took the journey after the Last Supper. Him as a seed, he knew he was going to be crucified. When he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, that's where his own, the, the, the journey to the, the fruition of having us as children for the Lord started. In Gethsemane, do you remember what Jesus did? He was actually asking God to take away, take away this from him. He was asking God to take away the suffering, the pain. He didn't want to do it. And it's the same thing when God is asking of us to give him a seed. Sometimes we don't want to do it as well. We want to get away from doing it. We want to negotiate an easy way out. And then Jesus was betrayed in the garden. 
He was betrayed by a kiss. A kiss that is supposed to be a sign of love. So when you're waiting for God to give you your blessing, your promotion, you've sown a seed, be ready to go through betrayal as well. People that will want to just hurt you for no reason. The enemy will be after you. That's another thing that you have to realize when you're going from that journey of sowing and reaping, that you're going to have betrayal around the, along the way. Abandonment is another thing. We know what Jesus fed 5,000 people. We know that on, on Palm Sunday, on, on that, everybody was laying down, Hosanna, Hosanna is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But where were they when they, when they captured him and he was going to the, to the cross? On the journey to, 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 to the cross, we, we didn't see anybody. Even his own disciples, all twelve, except John and his mother and some few women, everybody ran away. Jesus was abandoned. So why am I saying that again? When, you are, when you've sown a good seed, don't expect it to just be easy way all the way to harvest. No. These are some of the things Jesus, the Bible says, is our, our example. What he goes through is what we're supposed to learn from. He was abandoned. He was mocked. He was mocked. They took a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and, and just knocked it in his head, and he was bleeding, bleeding like crazy. They mocked him as a king. Jesus even needed assistance as well. He couldn't carry the cross all the way because he was tired. So as you are believing God as well, if you need help, if you need help, you know, God, when God wants to lift a man, sometimes he doesn't make you an island. He puts you among people that will help lift you up. We have to be willing to take help, to receive help from people. Jesus didn't say, oh, no, I'm not going to let Simon of Cyrene help me. He allowed him to help him carry the cross to Golgotha. And then Jesus, <laughs> we all see the picture of, 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 of the cross and we see a loincloth around him. That was not that, there was no loincloth around him. Jesus was hanging naked on that cross. Sometimes God will let your vulnerabilities be shown to people. Sometimes God will let you go through things that are shameful. But if you are looking for God to increase you, you are looking for God to bless you, you know you have a seed in the ground. You bear it. You allow what has to happen to happen to you. Because you, you know what you are looking for and you know what you are, you, you're gaining by even what the mockery and the shame that people might pull on you. So we are going to look at this where I'm going to stay. This is really, this, I found things here when I read this story. I really want us to, for us that are believing God for something, I want this story to, for you to see it in another way that you've never seen it before. It's a journey of the seed to promotion, to harvest. And we'll see it in the parable of Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 from 24 to 30. I will read it and then I'll pick out the lessons that God showed me in, this, in these verses here. He says, yes, another story Jesus told. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. This farmer planted a good seed. That's what he planted. He says in verse 25, but that night as the worker slept... His enemies came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. Before, when I read, read this, I'll say, oh, we are not supposed to sleep. You're always supposed to be on guard. You're always supposed to be watchful. But, I mean, if you've walked, everybody needs to sleep sometimes. You know, so them going to sleep, there was nothing wrong with that. 
that going to sleep was, it was, that's natural. He says, but when they were sleeping, the enemy came and planted weeds. Look at it. The man sowed a good seed, one seed. But look at what the enemy came and planted. Many weeds. Amen? That's important. We see that there. And then verse 26 says, when the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? And the, the farmer answered, the enemy has done this. And then they asked the master, should we pull out the weeds? And he said, no. You will uproot the wheat if you do. He says, let both of them grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put the weeds in the van. So God here, when Jesus is telling this story, he says the kingdom of heaven is like. And because that, that community, that time, they understood agriculture, they understood the power of a seed, they understood what farming was, he had to come down to his level, to their level, to reveal Christ, uh, uh, kingdom secrets per se, to reveal it to them, but veiled in a story, in a parable. And right here, I got seven things. Actually, I got nine things, but I kind of compressed them to seven. In these few verses, these six verses here, there were so many veiled comparisons about the seed. Remember what Jesus was telling them here is that the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who sowed a seed. So right there is telling you we are the citizens of the kingdom. So right there and then he's telling you that you, you are a farmer. That's why I said everybody here, we are farmers. You are a farmer and he wants you to learn lessons from this story here, from this parable about what happens when you sow a seed. Because it's very important to go from seed, time, and harvest. Amen? The first thing was that you have to plant intentionally. You have to plant intentionally. You have to be very intentional when you plant. This farmer took that seed, went and dug the ground, and put that seed inside the ground. If you put a seed, like I was last week or so, if you put a seed on this carpet here, if you come back one year from now, it probably will be there because it doesn't have the right environment. What is this saying? You too, you have to be very, inten- be very intentional. Yesterday we had over 30 or so women in our Christmas party. And I was just thinking when I was driving home, I said, you see, there are some people that are not here, but they will keep saying they don't have friends. But those that came were very intentional to come because they want to develop relationships. And so if you say, okay, I don't have friends, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you planting intentionally to get friends? If you say, okay, I want God to do something about my finances for me in 2024. There's something about your finances. What are you going to do intentionally to make sure that you get your victory and your harvest in that area? What are your plans to get out of debt? What are your plans to curb your spending? What are your plans to make sure you give your tithe? What are your plans to give away? Those are the things that we have to do. You have to plan. See, nobody gets successful by accident. Nobody gets a master's degree by accident. 
We pray, we pray, we fast, then get up and do some work. It's very, because Christians can be so lazy and they will use the, the excuse of I'm praying and fasting. Baby, pray fast. It's very important. But study too. Go to school. Go get that job. Nobody gets up. Ask any successful person, they'll tell you the seed they sowed. Amen? So planting must be very, very intentional. And then planting is hard work. It's a lot of work. In Luke chapter 14, 28 to 30, it says, Which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it or not? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish... All who see it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish it. The journey from seed to harvest is hard. It's a lot of work. You have to go back and water the seed. You have to go back and put manure on the seed. You have to keep doing things. What If you sow a seed, have you decided or have you looked into what you need to do to make sure that seed comes out of the ground and to make sure that seed gets to harvest? If you want to have, if you, let's say you want in the area of finances, for example, are you going to get some books? And so, okay, let me find out what, what do successful people do? People that have gone out of debt. Just stand there on Google. How do I get out of debt? You, you must get a book, one or two, that will teach you principles to use. Get the book, follow the principles. It's hard work. Control your spending. It's hard work. You want a good marriage? Find somebody who's been married for a long time. Ask them what they did. Nobody just has... You don't stumble into a good marriage. Every married couple here that have been married for a long time will tell you what they've had to... The hard work that is involved. We have to be willing to work hard. Break a sweat from now, from time to time. Lesson number three, I'm trying to rush like crazy. Expect the weeds. Expect the weeds. But that night as the workers slept, the enemy came and planted weeds. The farmer, when they went to him and they said, look at what you planted, there are weeds. What did he say? He said, leave it alone. He knew the weeds were going to come. Expect the weeds. Expect the haters around you. Expect the bad, bad bikers when you're... See, let me tell you something. When you're walking towards a goal, people will think you're crazy. If you're passionate about something that they are not passionate about, they will always have something to say about you. If everybody's talking good about you, you need to go back. You're not doing anything of, of worth. If, every, if you're in the good books of everybody, you're not doing anything that's of worth. The way you will know that you are really making an impact is when people are against you. When people are talking about you. Then pat yourself on the back. Don't cry. Because the enemy, I mean, would I come to a house that there's nothing to, to steal and come there? I mean, if I go to an abandoned house, nothing in there, I'm a, I'm a thief. Am I going to go in there? What am I going to get? Nothing. I'm not going to mess with that house. I'm going to go to Pastor Adam's house that has a TV and has stuff there to steal things from. It's the same way. Let me tell you, the devil understands these things more than we do. He's not going to come to a house that is empty. We are the house of the Lord. 
we are temples. If there's nothing in you, what, what is he going there to come and do? Nothing. But if you have a house that's, you know, substancing there, you know that the house is going to come to. So expect the weeds. Expect opposition. Expect discouragement. See, when you already expect it and it comes, you are not moved too much. It's when we don't expect it in life. I've come to realize, okay, when you do good for people, do good for people because it's what God expects of you. If you do good for people because somehow, somewhere you want them to do good for you, if they do good for you, good, rejoice. But if you do it for them with a heart that you are doing it unto the Lord, because honestly, the percentage is very high that will do you bad when you've done them good. And so if you've sown a seed of love, you've really sacrificed for someone, and that person turns around and do you bad, you're not sowing, that seed you've sown will come back to you from another source. I promise you. It will come back to you multiplied from another source. So expect disappointment. Expect discouragement. Expect betrayal. It's part of sowing. The seed, the weeds were there. Time is gone. Lesson number four. Be patient. Be patient, be patient, be patient. It takes time. Nobody plants... I mean, you don't plant a wheat in the morning and go eat the bread of that wheat that same day. It takes time. Be patient. When God told Abraham I was go- he was going to make him father of many nations, for 25 years he didn't even have one son. You have to see how God works with people in the Bible. As believers, go read, read people in the Bible, read their stories, and see what lessons. Like I said, when you're reading scriptures, ask God, what is here that you want me to see? What is here that you want me to understand? And what is here that you want me to apply to my life? That is what Christianity is about. For you to learn these mysteries that God will reveal to you, and then follow the patterns to get the results that God wants you to get. So if you plant friendship and somebody dogs you out, don't worry about it. It's expected. The weeds are expected. And you have to be patient to let the thing take. It takes time. It takes, any good thing takes time. So be patient. Be patient as you work hard. You want to go to school and it's hard and you're like tempted to, to, to get out of the classes. Just be patient. You do the needful. And when you do the needful, God will take care of the, of the fruitfulness. Amen? Lesson number five. The weeds will not kill your harvest. Listen to me. The weeds don't have the power to kill your harvest. That's why when they went, the master said, leave it alone. Let them grow up together. The weeds cannot kill your harvest. So don't be tempted to jump in and do something about it. Don't be tempted to do that. Just let it be. And I think that's the problem that most of we want to do something. We want to do, we want to do something. He can't kill you. All the weed can do is to corrupt the environment for a little time. And there's an end to everything. 
there's an end to everything. Matthew chapter 13, verse 27. They they went to him, and and again, I messed that up. Oh, number uh, six is leave the weeds alone. I'm going to number six now. I messed up from five to six. He won't kill the harvest, and then he says, leave the weeds alone. Matthew chapter 13, verse 28b to 30. They said, should we pull out the weeds? No, he replied. He says, you pull up the weed. You know why? (laughs) Because the enemy... And I've experienced this a lot of times. When some things are happening, I mean, the enemy knows that if he plants, he knows that if he plants that weed, the, the weeds, he knows that the weeds cannot kill the wheat. The enemy knows. So why would he take the trouble to come and plant weeds among your wheat when he knows that if those weeds are dead, at the end of the day, they will not do anything to your wheat? Why? Because he's going to want to tempt you to go and try to pull up the weeds. But what will happen is, if you pull up the weeds, what will happen? So what is that telling us? I always try to bring it down. Don't ever take matters into your own hands. Don't ever take, no matter how tempting it is for you to do something, don't do anything. Because that's all he can get, want to get you to do. If you can be impatient, or you want to take the matters into your hand and go there, remember, the root system, this thing, something is going on in the root system that you don't see. This is not your war. There's a fight going on between the roots of the weed and the roots of the wheat. People hear me. You may not see what's going on, but God, there's a fight going on in the spiritual for your harvest. And so the enemy will do everything. He's tang- there's a spiritual war. There's a war going on. And if you go in there to pull out that weed, you are going to destroy the root of your own wheat and your own harvest. So no matter how tempted you are to respond, don't respond. No matter how tempted you are to write that text, don't write that text. No matter how tempted you are to pick up that phone and cuss them out, don't do it. No matter how tempted you are to put that post on Facebook, write it, sleep over it, the next day delete everything. Because if you do it and it comes out in the public... They've destroyed you. They don't have a reputation to maintain. You do. They don't have anything to maintain. It's what you said that's going to be the one that is blown out of proportion. And everybody that had respect for you, you respect, you just kissed it by. Just because you couldn't control that need to do something. When God, I was like, you know, I am somebody, I like to, I talk. If you all know me, I like to talk. And I like, I'm, I'm a very, um, I like things to be up and, you know, but there are sometimes you will not get, I will not say a word. No matter how much you press me, no matter how much you push those buttons, because I have a reputation to maintain. I have what God has put in me. I have a dream. I have a harvest. I have a goal I'm going towards. And I know if I start answering, I'm just going to pull up my wheat. And I'm going to pull up my harvest. So I'm just going to zip. 
and I'm going to fold my hands if I have to put it in between my legs so I don't do anything by myself. And it's a lesson for all of us. It's a lesson for all of us. Leave the weeds alone. Leave the weeds alone. Leave the weeds alone. Mm. Number seven. Maintain your joy. Maintain your joy because when the earth wants to yield in, in Mark chapter 4 verse 28, it says the earth will yield by itself. You just plant it and you go and rest. It says the earth will yield the crop by itself. First, the blade. Then, the head. And after that, the full head of the grain. So when your harvest is coming, sometimes God will bring just a little bit to see how you are going to respond. And if you don't respond well, have you seen plants that start to, to come out and you don't take care of them where you go back and the thing is, is dead? How do you make sure you maintain and let that little blade go to a head and then the full grain is by joy? By joy, by maintaining your joy. Psalm 126 verse 5, it says, those who sow in tears shall reap what? Shall reap what? Read it again. Shall reap in? It did not say you shall reap with joy. There's a difference. There's a big difference. You reap in. That means you're already in joy. You're already joyful when you go to reap. So you maintain, you are joy. You're not saying when it's time to reap, you pick up joy, pick up joy and say, okay, joy, come with me. Let's go and reap. No. He's saying you are reaping in joy. That means you're already joyful when you're going to do your reaping. That is the secret to our harvest. Remember the Bible says, it says with joy you withdraw from the wells of salvation. All the benefits of salvation is joy that is the, the bucket that goes inside the well and brings it out for you. So if you don't have joy, you're not going to reap anything. That is a secret every believer must have. When things are not going bad, you're crying. The enemy will make you want to cry. Cry, 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 Angela. Just cry. Are you miserable? Yes. Let's make you more miserable. Somebody call and tell them what Sister B said about her. That's, you said, they said that about you. Cry more, cry more. And you just stand there and you cry. You make yourself, oh, you're not, you're nothing. Remember, that sister didn't hug you. They said this about you. You see, they don't, nobody, nobody, there's nothing to you. So you start, okay. You condemn your own self. You, you have low self-esteem just because of what somebody, you have 10 people come to you and say, oh, you look so good in that dress. And then one person says, oh, did you check yourself before you came to church? That one person just takes your whole joy. Meanwhile, the seed you put in the ground is just about to come out. The seed you planted is just about to come out. Then you now get offended as sister or brother because and you've just in your own hand, you've just messed up your harvest. Joy. You reap in joy. He didn't say, he didn't say you reap with joy. You reap in joy. Stay joyful. Maintain your joy. That is how you're going to bring your harvest in. Amen? Stand to your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. This is a message that should probably be three parts. I rush, rush, I can get to this part. But I thank God that he's beginning to show us things. And, and God is showing us that whatever you have put in the ground as a seed, 
some of these lessons you've learned today. So some of you might just be, you need to be patient. Just be patient. Your harvest is coming. Your promotion is coming. Some of you, it's just that maintain your joy. You're almost at the tail end of your harvest. Maintain your joy. Don't let anything take your joy from you. Amen? All the prayer partners, please come out here. And if you're here, you've been waiting for a harvest, and you're saying, no, I'm just going to agree with my brother, I'm just going to agree with my sister, and I'm, I'm declaring that my harvest is coming. There are things I'm waiting for too, for harvest. I, oh, believe me, there are a lot of things I'm waiting for, for my harvest to come in. And I know I'm protecting them. Each one of them, I know the stage I'm in. When all those weeds come, I know how to ignore the weeds. When I'm tempted to uproot the weeds, I, I know what to do. I know how to pray. I know how to encourage myself in the Lord. When it's time to be patient, I know that it takes time for the wheat, to, for the seed to become a full grain of head. I know it's going to take time. So I tell myself, be patient. So I don't know whatever stage you are in or what you are working for. But if you have a seed in the ground, I'm telling you, God is going to give you your harvest. Come on, let's pray with you. Come on, let's agree with you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you that our seeds will bring a harvest. Oh, we are going to promote us. Your word says promotion. Oh, it does not come from man. No man can promote us. Nobody can promote us. It is only you that can promote us. Father, your word says that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Father, as we seek you, as we are diligent and we have faith, and as we love you, Lord, we know that you reward us. Your word says you have not told us to serve you in vain. You said, I haven't told you, my children, to serve me in vain. If you are giving to the Lord, if you are sowing, you will not sow in vain. Amen? Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you today. We give you praise and we give you glory. Oh, Lord, we worship you today. There is none like you. Oh, you are the rewarder of those who diligently seek you. You will reward us, oh God, because we have been diligent in serving you and in seeking you. Oh, Lord, you will promote us. Every man, every woman at the Ark Fellowship, every boy, every girl, you will promote us. You will promote us. You will lift us. You will enlarge us to the glory of your name. Father, we thank you for your favor that is upon our life. For your favor that is upon our life. Father, we thank you that everything we lay our hands to prosperous. Oh God, we worship you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we worship you. Father, we lift our children, oh God. All the children of the Ark Fellowship, we lift our children before you, O oh God. Father, we declare that our children will serve you all the days of their life, O oh God. We thank you that they are coming in. They are coming in. They are coming into the kingdom. Oh, with fire in their bones to serve you. We give you praise and we give you glory. Raise your hands. Let's close the service. Let's raise our hands and thank him for his goodness. The Lord is good all the time. Father, we thank you. Oh, thank you for your children. Thank you for the children. Oh, God, we thank you that your hand is upon our life. 
We thank you that you are for us, you are not against us. We thank you that you are lifting our heads, oh God. We thank you that you are raising our horns like the horns of the unicorn. Lord, I thank you for your children here. Let your blessings follow them this week. As they go, they are blessed. As they come in, they are blessed, oh God. They are blessed and no one can curse them. You are blessed going out. You are blessed coming in. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the country. No evil planned against you will succeed. No weapons fashioned against you will prosper. Because God is on your side. No one can be against you. Because God has blessed you. No man and no devil in hell can curse you. I bless you children of God. I bless you with the blessings of heaven. Go out this week and shine your light and let the world know that you belong to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.